All right, we're recording. <gasps> recording? The Kitchen Apprentice. Episode what? Three, four? four? Three or four. I don't know. I don't know either. We it's haven't done this in a while. Long time. We're still getting into routines. Yikes. So, I'm looking at baking, frying in a frying pan. Chicken already cooked and seasoned. Yep. Chicken breasts. Nope. Chicken thighs. Yes. I like chicken thighs better because they stay juicier. What's the best way to cook a chicken thigh? Bait. And? Salt and pepper, both sides. Rub olive oil in on both sides. Bake it, 350. Um, I had three thighs and they went for about 30 minutes. Um, if you stab them with a fork, the juices should be clear. I don't do that whole internal temperature bees knees because I never think it's, it's either overcooked or undercooked, no matter what. And there's no consensus as to what it should be. I think one cookbook that I have has the internal temperature of poultry having to be like 190 in order for it to be food safe, but I don't think that's accurate anymore. So I just make sure it's cooked all the way through. You stab it, juices are clear, it's good to go. Well, I gotta say, the chicken Shannon cooks, uh, I didn't even know chicken could be that good. Woo. Until, um, the chicken was just chicken, but now it's like... Chicken! I could sit down and eat her chicken just as enthusiastic as I would sit down and eat a ribeye steak. So, Ooh. the olive oil, salt and pepper, whatever you're doing with that is awesome. Well, you better learn, because I'm going to expect you to do it next time. Next okay. Time. Well, and then right now you're cutting greens and tomatoes and corn. I cut up, I sliced up two green onions, and I had one cup of corn that was left over from our lunch, and I just cut the kernels off of it. Um, don't worry if it comes off in, like, chunks, because when you stir it, the kernels will break apart. It's actually kind of neater to cut it off in slices and stuff. Okay. Um, and I am quartering uh, cherry tomatoes. So is this all going to compile together? Correct. It is July 1st and it's hot as balls outside. So we're doing something summery, a summery chicken bacon salad. Awesome. I'm not sure what this uh, recording app is doing, but I think it's about to cut us off in nine seconds. So Why? Well, we'll figure it out and then get back to it. Okay, that sounds like fun. Oh, maybe not. It just keeps recording. So we're doing like three minute little segments? I, I'm not sure what that's all about, so... Okay, we'll just keep an eye on it. We'll just keep going. Flipping bacon. I'm cooking bacon in a cast iron pot. Pan. Pan. We want the bacon to be super crispy for this because it's going to go in something wet, so you don't want it to get soggy and icky. Even if when you have bacon at breakfast, you like it a little more chewy, still cook it until it's crispy for this recipe. Trust me. Crispy bacon. Yum! And while Matthew is flipping that, I am getting stuff ready to make lemon vinaigrette. Yay! 
Now, so you took us bacon in this fancy device. It, it's not a fancy device. It's a broiler pan, everybody. It's a broiler pan. There's a fish to wash. You put it in the oven, it gets crispy. All of the the fat drippings drip into the pan underneath. It just gives you crispy bacon, but Matthew doesn't like to wash it. So uh, I broke out the cast iron pan so I wouldn't have to listen to him bitch about it anymore. It's full of crevices, and it's too big for the sink. Just... <laughs> and the bacon grease sticks to all the crevices really bad. If we had a dishwasher. You are my dishwasher. I know it. And some dishwashers aren't capable of washing certain dishes. And that's one of my limitations. You heard it, everybody. He admitted a limitation. <laughs> well, this is, I am the apprentice in this situation, so I, I don't... Okay, um, so I have a microplaner. Burn in with bacon grease. A microplaner? Yes, this is a microplaner. It like, looks like a giant file, like fingernail file. Yeah. But it's not. It's for zesting things, like lemons. Why is it called a zester? Because you can do more things. Like you can um, put garlic on here and press the garlic. It's like a small side of a box grater. So it's easier to hold than a box grater. And it's good for citrus because you never want to zest citrus onto like a wooden cutting board or anything. Because the wood will just soak up all the oils in the zest. So I'm going to zest um, one lemon. And you just kind of take it and run it over the outside. You hear that deliciousness? Oh my god, it smells so awesome. Yum. And with this, I do it upside down so it catches in like a little trough that's on the bottom side of this. I do things backwards sometimes. Oh, that's clever. Thanks. So the zest, the zest is just sitting... In like the little the lemons on part. the bottom. Yeah. The cutting edge is on the bottom. And you're rubbing the the lemon on it, and the zest just sits on top. Yes. So um, I always do vinaigrette in a mason jar just because I think it's easier. You can just put a top on it and like shake it instead of trying to like whisk it or whatever to emulsify the oil that we're going to put in here. But emulsify. That's a fancy word. Yes. It basically just means mixing oil and water so it looks like it's the same substance. Kind of like oh. salad dressing. Huh. So you can just, in the mason jar, shake it up instead of trying to like whisk it or whatever. Yeah, I guess you're only dirty in one dish that way. Correct. So, all of this zest is going in a mason jar. And what size mason jar is that? This is a pint size mason jar. And you're adding what, like a tablespoon there? I am adding the zest of one lemon, which, yeah, about a tablespoon. Uh, don't do the white stuff. Don't get the pith, what it's called. Okay. Of the lemon, because that's super bitter. Just get the pretty yellow stuff. Interesting. How do you spell pith? P-I-T-C-H. Oh, uh, no. T-H. P-I-T-H, I think. I'm just wondering because in woodworking, they say, like, the pit, the pith or pitch. I never knew if it was pith or pitch. I've only read it of, like, pine wood has really bad pith or pitch. And it's like that sticky sawdust that comes off of it. Pitch. Is it called pitch? I think so. I always just think a pine tree is giving off pitch. Sticky and it's gross. But that's pith. This is, the white stuff is the pith. 
Oh, I was hoping they were the same. They, I don't think they are. I'm no, not gonna, yeah. Because they're kind of similar. I mean, yes. you're talking about like a part of a plant in both situations. And I don't know if you'd really eat one. I guess you could like chew on sap from pine trees, right? Yeah, well, I also think it's interesting you're using a microplaner. The planer is a tool in woodworking, too. We're not that different, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I have this fancy little um, juicer thing that I inherited from my grandma. It's like a crystal. It's like the old school. You would find this in your grandma's house. But you can just, when you're juicing a lemon, after, after you zest it, so you have to zest it first. Don't try to zest it after you have juiced it. Just roll it on your cutting board and then cut it in half because when you roll it, it kind of forces all the juices to con go into the fruit part. So you get more juice out of it. So zest it. Yep. Up to the white. Yep. Roll it. Yep. Cut it in half. Correct. And now she's actively stabbing it. <laughs> on this a juicer. Stationary, a stationary stabbing device. Called the juicer. If you have a juicer, cool. If you don't, you can always just uh, squeeze it between your fingers. I thought a juicer was like a fancy blender. Um, yes. But this is... But a, this is like... Hello. Wow. Hello, friend. This is like the the grandma's juicer. Okay. <laughs> it has like this cone yeah. inside of a ashtray. With some ridges on it that you just turn the lemon on. Yeah. Pretty yeah. effective. You got a lot of juice there from that. I one did, moment. and it kind of. Uh, you're burning bacon. I'm burning bacon. It takes all the the pulp out of there too. So um, in a vinaigrette, you don't really want chunks. So I um, usually sieve it. I guess put it through a little strainer. So I put my little wire strainer, mesh strainer, over the mason jar. Over the mason jar, and I'm going to carefully pour the juice. So, so it, it looks like the mason orange jar. juice pulp that you're Correct. removing from the situation. Correct. Attaching it in the strainer. Like and seeds too. Um, and if you want, you can rub your finger in it, and it'll squeeze more of the juice out of the pulp so you get more bang for your buck. Okay, so I just removed the heat off the bacon that I was burning. Okay. This bacon... So I said crispy, and and you gave me crispy. It so looks good. crispy. Is... Uh, bacon, one of those flip once deals? Um, it doesn't really matter. It's more of a color thing. Like, you get it to look like how you like your bacon to look like. So if you want it a little chewier, then you just get it a little bit brown. If you want it crispy, you get it nice, deep, golden brown. Okay, mm. so I am throwing away my seeds. Rinse out your strainer right away, because mess strainers are one of those things that are bitch to wash. You use it to like sift flour or anything. <laughs> Make sure you rinse it out really well. I, I think most people have dishwashers. Well, if you don't. <laughs> yes, like, uh, which we don't. Correct. We like to live the simple life. And I also, guess you could call it I've simple. got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I've got the juice and oops, zest of one lemon in a mason jar. It is about a quarter of a cup of liquid in there right now. I'm going to add 
another quarter cup and drop a paring knife on my slide. Just kidding. That didn't actually happen. Stuck right into it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just, and I we're recovered. Just, we're just going to keep going though. Yeah. So I'm, let's go on. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm going to add another quarter cup of olive oil to the lemon juice. And I like the mason jars. I use my mason jars as my liquid measuring cups too. Just so I don't have to have an additional kitchen tool. Well, I so I get the, that yeah. the dishwasher. <laughs> I get the mason jars um, with the measurements on the side. Well, you can find them without it, but I mean, I why, like this better. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Measurements on the side. I mean, if you're not going to use them, they're not in the way. Correct. Um, so I'm going to add, let's see, some salt. And I'm kind of eyeballing this here, but I'm going to say a teaspoon of salt to the olive oil lemon juice and I'm going to add like a quarter of a teaspoon of black pepper. So this dressing is what really makes the dish. Correct. The chicken, bacon, corn, tomato, green onion, salad. It's really ties together with this uh, olive oil with lemon zest, lemon juice, salt and pepper yeah. dressing that you're making. You're about to emulsify. I am, but before I do that, um, before I forget, because I usually forget, I have some dried dill weed, <laughs> dill weed. <laughs> that I'm going to add to the quartered tomatoes, the corn, and the green onions that are in a two-quart bowl, um, which is, if you have like a set, it's the third biggest bowl set. I know exactly what set you're talking about. I'm well, like, I mean, it's any yeah. any bowl set. Right. comes in a one-quart, one-and-a-half-quart, two-quart, four-quart. Huh. And not many people know that, which is why I chose to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I know that. News to me. Um, if you use dried herbs of any kind, always measure it, then dump it in your hand and kind of rub it between your hands into whatever you're making, because it sounds gross, but the oils from your hands um, kind of reinvigorate the dried. Wait, say that again. Put the dill weed where? Okay, so I have the dill weed in the container. Yeah. I'm going to dump it directly into my hand. Alright. Okay, until I have the desired amount. Got a handful of dill weed. <laughs> you just want to keep saying dill weed. Maybe. <laughs> and I'm going to rub it with the bottom of my hand. Yeah. Against my other hand. Right into the tomato corn and green onion. And what happens is the oils from my hands reactivate the flavor of the dried herb. So it makes it more fresh. Because when you dry an herb, you essentially like take the oils out of it. Wow. I, that sounds kind of disgusting in a way. It does, but it's <laughs> so good. And I promised I washed my hands like a You're lot. rubbing body oil into our food. Well, you eat chicken. What do you think chicken's juice is? Body oil? Yes. Chicken body oil? Yeah, it's the rendered fat. Huh. Melted right. fat. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I know it's good, so I won't complain. <laughs> it just... It sounds gross, but it's... Hearing this out loud is, it's, yeah. It's, it works really well. It's kind of messy, but it's good. If you use fresh dill, I mean, that's good, even better. Just kind of use the use your knife to cut off the fronds and chop it up. And then you can toss it in there. But I didn't have any fresh dill. Yeah. Now, your olive oil here. Olive oil is something I, when I've 
the little bit of research into cooking I've done, people obsess over olive oil. Correct. Yeah, some olive oil is better than others, but I I think all oils have like a different flavor. And to me, um, the olive oil flavor varies so little that unless I'm going to be cooking in a restaurant, like a five-star restaurant, it doesn't really matter. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's like olive oil and extra virgin olive oil, like richer taste olive oil. I basically just get what's on sale and it does what I want it to do. Okay. Yeah, it's like toothpaste. You're staying in the aisle and you've got way more options than I think you should ever need. Right. And if you find an olive oil that you like, that's cool. Just stick with that one. But if you are just cooking casually like we do, um, it's not a big deal. Because you can get, like, olive oil imported from Italy. Right. It's, it's nuts. There's a r- wide range there. But you now wanna, You want to emulsify? So on this emulsifying lemon juice and oil... Correct. You didn't add any water. Correct. Okay. One fun tip about lemons I learned is when you're buying them, you got to pick out the heavy ones. Yeah. Because they're juicier. Yeah. So you can hold two of them in your hand, whichever one feels... Or your hands, whichever one feels heavier... Keep that one. You gotta shake more vigorously than that, babe. That's right. (laughs) You all can imagine how he's shaking right now. (laughs) I don't think there's another way to shake. (laughs) Uh, Good thing no one listens to our podcast. Um, I think it's fun anyway. (laughs) Okay, so while he's, he's emulsifying that, just kidding, it's probably emulsified. Alright. Is it, does it look like one consistent? Yeah, it's got like a... Liquid? Yeah, it looks like a, like a spinach, uh, like one, like a green vegetable drink right now. Greener with a brown tint. That's the pepper. You're looking at the pepper in there. So the pepper has made it look darker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. And also it got really cloudy just now, so Mm. we're Hiya. really not much of it for his... Correct. As powerful as it powerful as it is in a salad. And lemons vary, so what I'm gonna have you do is carefully take the top off of that. And with that spoon that I just took out, that's on the counter by the cutting board, um, just dip it in there and give it a taste and see if it's lemony enough. Oh yeah, it's lemony enough. That means something coming for me. Okay. Um, if you have like a weak lemon. Like, if, if it's an out-of-season lemon or if it just um, was older or whatever, you didn't get as juicy of a one as you wanted, uh, you can always add more lemon juice. And I suggest using fresh lemons, but if you would rather get the um, stuff in a bottle or in the... I used to drink the, that when I was a kid. The pl- Ew. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it's good. It, it, it always tastes different. So it does sure have you a different, taste yeah. it. Um, sometimes it gets like a metallic-y kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's got a weird, weirder aftertaste yeah. than fresh lemon. Um, it works. That works. If that's what your budget will allow. Um, so you can add more of that if you like. But I, I prefer fresh lemon. And like I said, all lemons are different. So give it a taste and see what's good. So I took the extra crispy bacon out of the uh, pan while he was doing that. And blotted it with a paper towel just to remove some of the excess grease. And I'm just gonna do like a rough chop with my big sang toku knife. 
and rough chop. And then I'm gonna put it right on top of the tomatoes and etc. that were in my bowl. Yum. Yay! And then this chicken, which I cooled, cooked and cooled. Should be Olive good. oil, salt, and pepper chicken. Correct. You're good. Do you remember what temperature you cooked? 350. It? For how long? 20 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 20 minutes if it's chicken breasts. Okay. 30 minutes for chicken thighs. 20 minutes for chicken breasts. If you're doing chicken breasts, um, make sure you keep a close eye on them. Like, check them after 10 minutes. Like, do every 5 minutes. Because sometimes those lean little buggers just want to dry out. And you just go until the juice is clear. Correct. Uh, if you do bone-in chicken breasts, then you can be a little more lenient. But if you do boneless chicken breasts, boneless skinless chicken breasts, um, watch it like a hawk. But I'm basically just using my fingers to break apart this uh, chicken thigh into bite-ish size pieces. And I'm putting it right directly into the bowl. Um, I peeled off the skin on the top, which got a little bit crispy in the oven. And I'm actually going to dice that up and throw that in as well. Because that'll give like a crunchy, salty, delicious chicken skin pop into certain bites in here. Because I have not added any salt other than what I um, was in the bacon, which was super salty, uh, in the vinaigrette and what I seasoned the chicken with before I baked it. So just to help out balance some of that seasoning, putting in the chicken skin works. And if you want to get super extra crispy chicken skin, you can peel it off and put it under the broiler for like a minute or two. It'll get bubbly and crackling and delicious. I do like chicken skin. Did you make this recipe up? Uh, yeah. Ooh, we should put some avocado in here too. We're gonna add avocado, guys. I'm just messing with brains here. This happens while I'm cooking. I kind of stand here and I look around and I go, oh, I have this. I'm gonna add it. Cause that sounds delicious in summary, right? So when you're making a recipe up, what are you? What formula are you using to decide your flavors? Um, I try to get salty, crunchy, a little bit of spicy or tangy in every single dish, and just a hint of sweet, which is why the tomatoes are in here too. And I basically just think about what goes together in other meals. Sometimes I'll have like a base meal in my head and I'll just kind of tweak it. Um, but I know that chicken and bacon work together and I know that tomatoes work good with that too because like I think a chicken club. That's delicious. And then the corn is sweet. It's a sweet little pop and it's summery. And then I thought standing here saw the avocados in the bowl over there. <laughs> I said that's super summery too. And then with lemon vinaigrette, you know, you always, whenever you cut an avocado, you want to mix it with some lemon juice so it doesn't get all brown. I thought, oh, that'd be good too. So mostly I just play. I don't know. 
Never, uh... So it's kind of like color theory to, to a degree. I guess. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, like... Color theory? Certain yeah, certain colors go together and... Oh, yeah. You know, I forget. There's that color wheel. And Correct. I so forget like all the terms, but... Primary, secondary, tertiary, and then yeah, supplementary and or whatever. Certain... So you probably get that with certain flavors, or like music theory has some of that in it, where different keys go together, or different, different patterns within the keys, you know, your one, four, five patterns. I wonder, if, wonder if there's the equivalent of that in the cooking world. I don't know. You want this last piece of chicken in there? Or? Um, what do you think? Do you think we have enough? It's like a lot of chicken. Okay, so we'll just leave that one out. All right, so three so chicken thighs. Three chicken thighs, yes. And again, it's all about... Whatever you want to balance, I mean, as you go, taste and see what's good. And you always want to have things that challenge your taste buds. Because if you have something that's just salty, that's all you're going to taste. Or that's dominantly salty, that's all you're going to taste. So you know how to cut an avocado? Um, it seems somewhat intuitive. Is it not? Oh, I don't know. Cut it in half. Yep. And then you kind of twist it, and one side has the pit in it, and you take a knife and stab the pit, and then you twist it, and the pit comes out on the hook. Okay, so you cut it in half long ways, and then just stab the pit to get it out of there. Correct. And then I always slice and make like a crosshatch inside the avocado half. And then I just use a spoon. Oh, that's smart. So it's the avocado is still in the skin. Correct. Instead of scooping it out and dicing it, you're just dicing it inside. Yep. And then I'll use a spoon and run it along the sides and the bottom and to release the... all the dice pieces come out. Correct. Huh. So since we're going to be using that, I'm just going to put them in. Laxa? Avocado is really interesting. Sometimes it reminds me of egg. There. Oh, yeah. It's like creamy. And it's a, like, it changes as it ripens. So, like, this avocado, the way it tastes today, would not taste this way yesterday or tomorrow. And that's Kind of, I think that's kind of what frustrates people. Like, they want to have them on hand to cook with, but then they're like, shoot, it went bad. Oh, it's raining. Raining good. Noise. Okay. So I put the avocado, dump the avocado, one avocado, on top of the chicken that we broke apart and put in here. So I have everything all in one bowl. I'm not sure where Matthew went. But it's raining hardcore, so I assume he's... I just closed the door and we're not there. So I'm going to take the vinaigrette that you emulsified and just dump it all right over the top here. With sound effects. Make sure I get every delicious drop. So this is a dish, too, you can prep ahead of time and put in the fridge almost. and Correct. Just or if you want to do, like, all the vegetables ahead of time... And then toss it with half of the vinaigrette, and then add, like, the warm bacon later. Because I think if you add the bacon too early, it'll get soggy. Oh, okay. But 
toss it all together and the pieces of corn are breaking apart. The planks of corn are breaking apart. Alright, so to recap, you got bacon, chicken, and your vegetables. You cook your bacon crispy. Mm -hmm. Cook your chicken at 350 for 30 minutes and use chicken thighs mm -hmm. as long as the juice runs clear. And then you have a dish of corn cut from the cob, mm -hmm. cherry tomatoes quartered, mm -hmm. and green onion with some dill. Yeah. And then that lemon vinaigrette that we... And the lemon vinaigrette made from juicing one lemon, zesting one lemon, mixing the zest with the juice with some olive oil, emulsifying it mm -hmm. with a little bit of salt and pepper. Correct. And just pouring that in, mixing it all up. And really, the quantity, you could just, I mean, the ratios all look kind of one-to-one-to-one-ish. You could just adjust it. However you want. Yeah. And if there's something that you have that you're like, ooh, this would taste good in here, throw it in. And you have a cool chicken salad. Yeah. What do we call this thing? Um, I don't know. Cool chicken salad. Sure. It's cool. Chicken it bacon can, can salad. Be, cool yeah. chicken summertime chicken salad. I don't cool know. Cool chicken bacon summertime salad. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to enjoy this. Heck yeah, we are. Thanks.